0: Digital twin is a really hot phrase, as a hot topic. What does it mean exactly. to you? How does that differ from the national digital twin? Uh, let's talk about the Gemini principles, that they are the heart of uh, what you're trying to achieve here. How do you describe them? What, why are they so important? What do you still see as being the uh, the major industry, or perhaps even the societal challenges and opportunities perhaps also that this, this new technology uh, actually presents? I mean, what, what is a digital built Britain for you? If we start to see Uh, the whole of the built environment as this amazing um, interconnected system of systems and then we have a competent tool set to help us to manage complex systems then we can start to deliver the improved performance that facilitates better human flourishing and what we see not just in digital twins but in connected digital twins is that tool set that is competent to help us manage complex systems Uh, and and we can't do it another way Uh, up until now we haven't been able to do it Now we've got this opportunity to do something astounding.
1: Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. And in this episode, we're working with Bentley Systems to report on what's possibly the UK's most ambitious ever attempt to digitally transform the built environment, creation of a national digital twin. At the start of this episode, you heard leading industry journalist Anthony Oliver interrogating Mark Enzer, chair of the UK's Digital Framework Task Group and chief technical officer at consultant Mott MacDonald. Mark and his colleagues at the DFTG are responsible for championing the development of the data framework required to form the foundations for the National Digital Twin. This challenge was first laid out in December 2017 by the UK agency responsible for advising government on major infrastructure, the National Infrastructure Commission, in a report called Data for the Public Good. It called on the UK to make its infrastructure smarter and urged industry to adapt to a world of big data and analytics. It said that artificial intelligence and machine learning could help the UK get more from its infrastructure and add 10.3% to the economy by 2030. By sharing more data, infrastructure services could be optimised, from using smart meters to cut energy and water use, to improve transport data that reduces congestion. The most significant recommendation it made was the call for a national digital twin, which it described as a computer model which mirrors and simulates a system of assets and their surrounding environment. The idea is that such a model would improve productivity and reduce risk, leading to better performance of more resilient, efficient assets. Chair of the NIC at the time and former Transport Minister, Lord Andrew Adonis, urged the UK government not to underestimate the change that would occur over the next 10 years and set out a roadmap for creation of a national digital twin. He said... A digital model of our national infrastructure which will be able to both monitor our infrastructure in real time and to simulate the impacts of possible events, for example a natural disaster or a new train line. A digital twin could help plan and manage the nation's infrastructure more effectively and will only be possible through the secure sharing of high-quality, standardised data across infrastructure. Charged with delivering this vision is a new digital framework task group that reports to the Centre for Digital Built Britain. Its first task is creating a national digital framework for sharing data about infrastructure assets. And of course, what all major projects need are leaders. And the Data for Public Good report called on the Centre for Digital Built Britain to appoint a national champion to drive forward this agenda. That champion is Mark Enzer, and Anthony began by asking him to define a digital twin.
0: Uh, I describe it as a digital representation of something physical. That's a very simple description of it, Uh, but it's kind of more than that. In the built environment, that kind of means it's a digital representation of assets and processes and systems. Uh, But I think a key thing about a digital twin that makes it a digital twin rather than just any other model uh, is this connection with the physical. Uh, And what we see is um, a connection from physical to digital, which is kind of data feeding into it, but then the digital twin doing something clever with that data providing insights to enable better decisions that then enable better interventions back on the physical. So you've got this two-way connection, data going one way, interventions going the other. Uh, And sometimes it can be mediated by humans and sometimes it it doesn't have to be. We can have different digital twins for different purposes, different shapes and sizes relating to individual assets or whole systems. So um, I think the, the, the terminology of digital twin can refer to different things.
1: And it's this two-way connection that's really critical. Smart infrastructure can report in real time through information collected by sensors, CCTV, drones, GPS, scanned images, and more. But then this can be processed and even interpreted by the digital twin to improve intelligence and decision-making about assets. And this concept is not new to industries such as aviation, automotive, and manufacturing.
0: What it means to me Uh, is that um, we can unlock value Uh, and that value release has been seen in manufacturing. Digital twins are not new to humanity, they're just new to the infrastructure industry. Uh, And so what we're really wanting to do is apply that approach to releasing value to infrastructure in pursuance of better outcomes for people.
1: So how would that work on a national scale? Are we talking about a single digital twin hosting data about the entire infrastructure network of the UK? No, we're not.
0: It's not intended to be one massive twin of everything. Uh, We're envisaging the National Digital Twin to be an ecosystem of connected twins.
1: Meaning that the National Digital Twin is really a network of individual digital twins that can talk to each other, which Mark says could enhance the sorts of efficiencies and benefits that individual digital twins have. Talking to each other means speaking the same data language.
0: We're looking to establish something which we're calling the Commons. And the idea of that is that it should be a national, open, shared resource that is is for all of us, which gives us the guidance that enables the consistency. Uh, and, And what we're specifically aiming for in the Commons is to put there the absolute minimum that we need to enable consistency.
1: This is critical, because Digital Twins don't need to model and report on every possible variable and piece of data, which would be unnecessary. The trick is to report the critical data in a consistent way.
0: But um, what it's looking like is that uh, if we can um, agree on some kind of foundation data model that facilitates consistent data modelling, Uh, And if we can come up with uh, an approach that enables consistent reference data management, so a reference data library, probably some kind of um, federated national reference data library that is managed by the people who know about it. So in other words, energy manages their bit, water manages their bit, but it's federated. Uh, And then some kind of guidance on integration architectures. Just three things, we think. Uh, At this, this national level, we believe that will unlock Uh, what everyone else needs so then just just horse on put the foot on the accelerator and, and get on with it.
1: Miranda Sharp is Director of Innovation at Ordnance Survey and she's running the approach stream within the DFTG that's working on this. As one of the biggest holders of data in the country she explained how she sees Ordnance Survey contributing to a national digital twin.
2: OS has always been at the forefront of sort of the digital revolution, and people for hundreds of years have been using maps to make sense of data from all sorts of different sources. Um, and we're in a new world now with lots more data, lots more sensors, and um, we at Ordnance Survey see it as a huge challenge for us what this digital twin is going to going to present. And so we're keen that any steps we make on the development journey um, are aligned to the needs and requirements of our emerging customers, both the established ones, the asset owners, the asset builders, but also all of that vast panoply of stakeholders that are out there that, that manage and own and are going to create new services uh, with the data that's going to become available when we crack the, uh, the pos- puzzle of secure and resilient data sharing. And as Mark said, everything happens somewhere. Um, place has been used for a very long time to organise data. Uh, so it's a big challenge for us, but also a big opportunity to redefine what the future of a mapping agency will be.
1: This alignment between data providers and industry that Miranda mentioned is key, and it's discussed a lot in the world of digital twins. As is the debate over the potential for data and technology to be used for purposes other than the public good. With this in mind, the task force has already created guidance on it, described rather astrologically as the Gemini principles.
0: We need to be values-driven and technology itself is kind of amoral and you can use it for good or for or for ill you know and we do see different approaches to technology in different parts of the world but you know the reason why we need values uh, is because values matter uh, and left to itself uh, technology can can be uh, can you know divert off into many different directions however if we're values driven and we're determined from the beginning that this will end up being for the public good, we're much more likely for it to end up being for the public good. It's really important, I believe, for us to have a kind of a common vision, um, a view as to where we're going to enable us to align. Because the real danger here is that everyone does their own thing, they all think, oh, this is exciting, let's kind of get on and do it, and they all point in their own directions. The, The value here to all of us is to be aligned. Uh, And one of the ways to be aligned is to share the vision. Another way to be aligned is to share values. Uh, And so that's why we thought it was so important to start with the values.
1: And here is the challenge for the task force, which is already under pressure from early adopters who are moving ahead creating digital twins of their infrastructure. One such organisation is Landsec, formerly known as Land Securities, which boasts a property portfolio of commercial, retail and leisure facilities worth £13.8 This is Katrina Cantwell. Senior project manager who explains that they're already seeing financial efficiencies by digitizing their assets.
3: For us in, in Lansec we um we not only design and develop buildings but we retain them. So the main benefit we're going to get from our buildings is the full lifetime of the asset and the FM management side of it. Um but in general in the development side the benefits we get is a better quality in our processes, estimations and buildings, we get faster. Um, buildings to sites so we have more sites, more feasibility and more buildings built in our portfolio and also cost-effectively so we've less time wasted, we have um, less wasted investments and less people involved so it's, it's a big commercial decision for us to drive our digital journey and use digital twins.
1: This journey began with Landsec mandating Building Information Modelling, BIM, Level 2 on all of its projects, which is something that became mandatory on all public building projects in the UK in April 2016. BIM describes the process of taking design from a 2D paper world to a 3D digital one. And at Level 2, the building data is developed collaboratively in a 3D model.
3: We have mandated BIM Level 2 on all our projects. All our design teams and contractors have to embrace um, technology and that's that's what helps us select them.
1: The next step, and it's one that many organisations in the built environment are wrestling with, is to move from this digital design and construction model to become a digital twin of the operational asset that can be used to operate and manage facilities. We haven't managed to get one of our BIM models um,
3: into the operation phase yet and that's where we'll get the majority of our benefits. The
1: first steps to
3: digitisation were challenging. During the design phase, it was very hard to get the team to embrace technology in the first, maybe, stage three or four
1: of the RIBA stages. RIBA, Royal Institute of British Architects. And the stages are progress points in the design, construction and handover. Stage three is detailed design and stage four is technical design. Stage five is construction, six is handover and seven is operation.
3: But by the time each of our projects had done one stage using the BIM model and, and 3D technology, they have come back with a list of this has just helped us, you know, find space, find efficiencies speed up our deadlines and and they've really found the benefits really rewarding from a design team point of view. For us we can get certainty in our design, more certainty in our cost at an early stage um, and we know we can get the quality out of it.
1: This Landsec experience is important because it reflects the situation for many organisations who are making this digital transition. The shift along the path from digital design to construction to operation and maintenance will be key to creation of digital twins for assets that together will come together to create a national digital twin. The UK's decision to mandate BIM Level 2 in 2016 and become a world leader in doing so is the foundation for this new objective.
0: I think it's a continuum. Uh, We're building on on what has been built for. Uh, This is a, a kind of a case of standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, And I think the the work that we collectively have done in BIM is absolutely fantastic.
1: Dr Anne Kemp OBE is the chair of the UK BIM Alliance, a director at Atkins and member of the advisory board for the Centre for Digital Built Britain. She explains that the UK BIM framework is the basis both home and internationally for managing information in the built environment.
4: But what's key
5: about it is that now the UK BIM Framework can uh, provide the, the, the anchor for all that develops now with the National Digital Twin Programme. So it is about managing information across the whole life of the built environment, so the buildings, infrastructure, across all sectors, but really start to now merging with sectors across the standards world, so talking with manufacturing, Uh, talking to the the smart cities side of things to make sure that we can converge and really think about this secure resilient data
3: sharing.
1: Data sharing is something that Katrina of Landsex says will be a big advantage.
3: We'll be able to plug into all the um, external um, infrastructure which will be really beneficial for us. Um, At the moment we're working towards managing our portfolio like a campus And to be able to do that and link all our different buildings, the uses of our buildings and all the the elements and equipment in our buildings would be hugely beneficial. To be able to do that on a national level would be amazing. So we look forward to that.
1: Another reason that the NIC was so keen to promote the national digital twin is because it believes that sharing data will make the UK's infrastructure more resilient to risks such as climate change or major incidents. Chief Executive of Bentley Systems, Greg Bentley, explains that this is true for digital twins because they hold information that could otherwise be lost.
4: Infrastructure assets are having to adapt as climate may change, for instance, to remain fit for their purpose and so forth. The engineering models probably were created intelligently in contemplation of performance requirements that could have included uh, resilience under under various temperatures. If that were a BIM deliverable, it won't help us now. But if we advance through digital twins to have that same model now be able to be synchronized to the physical changes of the context, uh, the components. There can be a digital chronology to that digital twin over its life cycle, then engineering matters even more because the performance of assets over their life cycle, their adaptation to remain fit for purpose as conditions like temperature and climate would change is the opportunity for the work of engineers in the first place who considered that in their intelligent designs if we can have access and remove the data shadows and, and have the expectation that that which has been dark data only because it's in inscrutable formats that engineering tools created so we can solve that now to bring digital alignment and right time synchronization and then through our open source environments use digital twins for on the one hand analytical purposes what would happen if the temperature changed or what would we need to also change to have resilience against that phenomena to maintain the asset performance over its lifetime and then our our mixed reality by which we might immersively explore how those changes could be done and and delivered.
1: Another aspect to this is the idea that engineering data held in the national digital twin system may have uses we haven't even thought of yet.
4: We can't ever contemplate when we create for instance engineering data how it may be used in the future but That's true for us as consumers when our phones now tell us uh, how far away our car is parked and that this week we we're likely to need to do what we did last week and we need we didn't ask for that. Uh, We couldn't have anticipated we would want to know it or need to know it but the data could be repurposed for that so the point is that engineering information, BIM if you like, even the dark data preceding that, uh, is going to be essential during the lifetime of the assets we're creating now or that are already here. Uh, and and engineers of the future are, are going to be the data analysts of the future. They won't need to be doing so much that can be automated but they're going to be taking advantage and standing on and benefiting from the data we've already created and the data we're creating now. The implication is, for instance, who knows, you know, we're looking out the window at uh, cranes in London and are they as busy as they could be and will there be cycles in uh, capital formation and new project starts and so forth, but to get more and better performance from our existing infrastructure is not only important, it's essential.
1: So what does this mean for the supply chain that will be generating this data? Brian Mackay is a program delivery manager at Costain, and he says that getting better performance is already happening thanks to virtual replicants of physical assets, digital twins.
6: Because. Uh, The UK is built, uh, it's a built environment already. Um, A a number of our service offerings and solutions we provide are actually optimising what already exists, so helping, um, you know, get more out of the process which is, has been designed and maybe got tired over time uh, bringing that back up to standard and spec by by having a look at the data that's coming out of it comparing that to what it was designed to do and designed to operate and see where it's failing to do so and just getting that, that back up to a 100 output obviously having a, um, a virtual um, physical representation helps with communication across the whole team um, from operators the owners the Uh, our our supply chain, the people that work within uh, the value chain that we bring. Um, Being able to get on the same page and understanding what the asset is that we're actually looking at um, and being able to pull from that the information that you need uh, is is inevitably a million times uh, more effective than trying to do that around uh, two-dimensional drawing or or a document which is so thick people (laughs) puts people to sleep.
1: The challenges in doing this, says Brian, are around skills and investment.
6: So uh, the general challenges are just bringing everybody up to a similar level, uh, and that includes the the, the, su- the supply community, um, uh, including ourselves, and, and the client community as well, and an understanding of what they understand as what being digital is. And, and ask, it just goes back to answering those why questions. Why do I need something? Why is it going to bring me uh, benefit? Why is it going to bring... Um, a better approach to the outputs that I need to to produce.
1: And with margins in the built environment being lower than many other industries, I asked Brian if there was a financial challenge too.
6: It is is a financial challenge. The way we've approached that is to really um, make sure that what we're doing has a purpose and a business case so it might not be the full singing or dancing digital twin of something that we're doing um, and, and we could go down a blind alley creating something fantastic, but it would be spending money for no reason. So every, every uh, step closer we take to a version of a digital twin uh, grows and builds on what we've learned in the past as those things become business as usual.
1: Brian says that a national digital twin will enable asset owners and operators to see the benefits that other organisations are gaining from their systems and essentially do better work for the public. Of course, there's still the issue of digital security to contend with, but work is underway on this too.
5: Hi, uh, I'm Peter Vale, I'm uh, the Engineering Information Manager at Tideway, and uh, I'm here because I actually sit on the Digital Transformation Task Group with Mark Enza, representing the sort of the client side of the whole Digital Twin initiative. How ready are we to share data? Well. Um, This is a big problem around digital security, about what you can and can't share. So one of the reports that we did in the Digital Transformation Task Group was around commercial confidentiality, about what are the barriers, and quite often we typically uh, lock in data that is confidential when it's not, because we believe it is commercially sensitive. And one of the challenges is to understand what we have, to start defining what is confidential and what's not, and then being willing to share that data that isn't commercially sensitive in a way that could be of a a bigger benefit to everyone else.
1: So how might asset owners and operators do this?
5: well we need to have agreements in place potentially so one of the things that Tideway have been doing recently is to support the GLA's national underground asset register in that they're actually putting together a lot of underground assets in the east of London and we've been willing to share our tunnels and our shaft locations with an agreement that allows all of the various parties to be able to access that information with the aim that it starts unlocking the truth around what is there to really minimize the real problems that could come about from not knowing what is under the ground. And that sort of proof of concept that we're supporting will be the basis of then rolling out something to the wider national uh, digital twin requirements.
1: Across the industry then, from asset owners and operators to designers and contractors, digital transformation is underway and the national BIM mandate is serving as a stepping stone to creation of digital twins for assets that one day will become part of a bigger system and national digital twin. Here's Mark Enzer again.
0: While the national digital twin might sound like a big thing and it's all too hard for us, if you boil it right down to its essence and say, at its essence, there's a cell called a connectable digital twin. So we get on with developing digital twins, we make sure that they can connect, which is all about data sharing, which is therefore all about facilitating consistency of data either side of the sharing boundary and facilitating it in various different ways, maybe through data trusts. You know, If we can just see that, that the cell is just digital twins and data sharing, if we sort that out, then we've got the national digital twin. Suddenly it becomes very manageable, doesn't it? Because each one of you can work on your own digital twin and make sure that you can connect it, and then we're there.
1: If you want to hear more from Mark Enza, he'll be speaking at the Bentley Year in Infrastructure event in Singapore from the 21st to the 24th of October. Or to become part of the UK Digital Twin Talks network, contact Bentley Industry Marketing Director Mark Coates on mark.coates, that's C-O-A-T-E-S, at bentley.com. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media, hosted by Bernadette Ballantyne, produced by John Young with fact-checking by Rhian Owen, and Rory Harris is the executive digital twin. Special thanks to Bentley Systems, Mott MacDonald, the Centre for Digital Built Britain, the Digital Framework Task Group, Landsec, Ordnance Survey, Atkins, Tideway, Costain, and our guest interviewer, Anthony Oliver. We'll be back in two weeks with more. If you like this podcast, please leave us a comment or review on your podcast app, which really helps others to hear about us. Or simply tell a friend to have a listen. Engineering Matters can be found on all podcast apps and on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media. Follow us on Facebook at Engineer Matters or find us on LinkedIn, talk about us on Reddit or share us on Facebook.